Uh, welcome to the Bay 12 podcast. I have uh, Nathan Miller here, Rain Seeker. Um, also, Tarn Adams, Toady from Bay 12. You know him from Dwarf Fortress. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> also, I'm Captain Tastic. Welcome, Captain Tastic. Yes. Fantastic to have you here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> in my room. <laughs> and I'm in my room. Wow. Yes, I'm here. This is fantastic. Yes. That's Internet. Right. Intimate it's... conversation here. And we, the reason why we sound a little bit canned here, guys, is that we recently lost half an hour of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. And we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about the software we're using because I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> Should we run through the questions we've already been through? Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can, All right. I can, so, I can go uh, through them again. I'll ask my two real quick. Um, Armok from the forums asks, how is dialogue going to work? Will it pass the Turing test? <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of people have, have tried to get little robots, uh, in chat rooms and so on to, to pass the, Turing test with with various um, degrees of success, and I'm, I'm not going to be one to even try. But we do hope to improve the dialogue from what we've got now, because basically, what we have is sort of a sort of a, a substandard model of what you see in a lot of games, where you basically select a topic and the guy will say something back to you that's canned or whatever. And you know, we can move away from that in steps. Um, there 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 are a lot of different things we'd like to try out. Um, in terms of, of being able to to construct a um, sentences from pieces, little like I want to ask where this is, or, or 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 so on, and say what tone you'd be asking it in, um, have multiple um, people involved in a conversation, say, so that you can be sitting there talking, and as you talk in in adventure mode, um, time could pass as you're talking, and someone else could come by. And, and engage in the, in the, in the conversation as well. There, there, the, the main power goal we had for that, uh, originally was, uh, this one where you'd, you'd, you'd slay some creature and then come into the town and, and, and be like, hey, I just killed the dragon, guys, here, here's the head, and I, and you hold it up or whatever, and you're like, gather around, you know, and you get a bunch of people to, to hang out, and then you could tell the story of how you killed the dragon, you could drop historical events one at a time and select them and so on, people could make little interjections and, it's a lot of work, but like everything, it, it, it'll proceed in, in steps most likely. But you see, it's not, it's not really heading toward anything like the, the and then Turing you can demand the mayor's hand in marriage. Yeah, yeah. His, his daughter's his hand da- Well, well, either, either one. <laughs> either way. Either way. Either way, either way, either way it works out fine. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got all kinds of different, different futures laid out for you, and it's, and it's up to your, your decision making. Um, in reality, you could be marrying the dragon, and it could all be a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> The paper mache dragon head that you brought in the town. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So what I wanted to ask you, Tarn, is um, let's have a summary of what happened this month and what's going to happen next month. Um, this month. So this month, uh, mostly squads. Mostly squads happened this month, and mostly squads happened last month too. And I didn't even finish, but but uh, I, I made some progress. We've got training up. Uh, for, for squad members now. They do a lot more with their equipment and scheduling. Uh, so you have, you have a lot of control now over what you can do with the squads. Um, what's I your favorite new feature that, that did? <laughs> I like, well, I, I like, I like, um, the, uh, the, probably the hidden fun stuff I've been working on more than, uh, more than anything. Uh, I took a little break, um, to, to work on the underground a little bit again. Uh, putting, putting some new, new critters down there. 
which I've which I've spoiled more more with more particulars up in the uh, the little choose your own adventure I put up on the devlog. The yeah I, I, I guess I don't want to spoil that here because people should go go play the little game that's up there. But the uh, the um, the the squad the squad where I mean I like I like that watching them go off to their little classes and then watch them sparring. That that was probably more fun because the rest the rest of everything else was really dry. Just make sure they get the right equipment. Make sure that they're following their orders without just wandering off to some room or just sitting there. Whatever it was, it was pretty dry. Um, but but next month, uh, I haven't I haven't quite decided. I'm I'm still sitting here thinking about it because the 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 stuff that remains in the devlog is uh, or in the list rather of remaining items. Basically, all of the categories have a few things that need to be done. And uh, I was thinking of just going back to the top and just knocking some of those off and turning them green uh, rather than having everything, like every category is kind of languishing in a state of almost being done. And uh, still, I'm still planning to get the game out uh, by the end of the year, um, even if I have to cut features. Uh, and it's it's i mean of course any feature cut is just going to be put off for, for a few weeks or something it's not like i'm i'm cutting features and getting out the door so i can go work on some new game or whatever so uh no worries there if i if if i say something's out it's only out for a little while but um we're we're in pretty good shape pretty good shape here uh, i should i should be able to make the make the little deadline of stuff for myself denarca asks will we get more pictures of scamps <laughs> uh definitely Definitely going to get more pictures of Scamps over time. He's, uh, he's. Uh, I mean, we've we've taken some, haven't put them up yet, um, and we're still trying to capture video or a good picture of him playing with his new toys. <laughs> he's got, he's 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 a spoiled cat. He gets he gets lots of new toys. His favorite one now is this ball of uh, this ball of feathers that's attached to a fishing rod. So you hold out the it's not, it's a not a, not a real fishing rod but just a big stick with a fishing rod but a big stick with a with a string hanging down from it with a ball of feathers on it. and he he goes nuts. We have this other one that has a mouse on it, right? A string that goes out and has a and I mean a pole that goes out and then has a string with a mouse on it. and he'll chase that around and so on. But with the feathers he goes nuts. I mean I guess he just finds flying feathers more believable than a flying mouse. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean he'll 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 tip over small. Small potted plants and and chairs or whatever he can whatever small enough for him to 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 tip over chasing this 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 ball of feathers around and he has this little little cardboard tube he likes to run through and uh, <laughs> so he he, uh, he he's he's uh, we'd really like to to get some better pictures of him now um, and uh, I mean it's 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 only it's only a uh, um, uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those things I've been remiss about doing. I mean, obviously people want their scamps pictures, but I've I've failed so far to put any any up for a few weeks. But I'll, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. I'll get some scamps pictures because he's grown, and 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 people should see people should see what kind of monster we're dealing with now. Um, Denarka also asks, will the 2D nobles make a comeback? Uh, 2D nobles. So so by 2D nobles. Since some of them are there and some of them aren't, and there are some new ones. The ones I can think of that aren't there are the uh, the guild nobles. Like there, there used to be uh, mining guilds, crafts guilds, guilds for the farmers, and some some creepy ones like the ones that 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 uh, that came when you had a lot of dead dwarves. Or, or there, there was the philosopher who would come and do nothing. Um, the uh, those those dwarves they they are are going to be back um, and. 
the main reason they're coming back is um, because uh, we want to see what happens when you have different groups in the in the dwarven society because right now everything is pretty harmonious until people have individual problems <laughs> and then when they have individual problems um tantrum spiral fortress, that's right the whole fortress can just fall apart but there should also be there should also be these kind of intermediate problems that involve larger groups and this this also ties back into to religions and so on so you can have a uh a religious group in the fortress and a philosophical gr- group uh, started by some dwarf and then the the miners could organize and then you have people caring about their families a little bit more than they care about them now which is basically oh someone my 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 brother or my wife died in a in a in a fight recently or something <laughs> but they don't really care about their families other than that and you can have one dwarf that's affiliated in some way with all of those all of those movements i just mentioned or groups and that dwarf then, you know, has a lot more, um, a lot more uh, individuality and opportunities to, for for dramatic things to happen. This is true in adventure mode too. I mean, a lot of the story and just general dynamics and movement of the characters and so on uh, should be determined by these kinds of conflicts. Like if the if the miners guild wants to do something that directly uh, conflicts uh, what 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 one of the religions wants to do. I mean, say there's a say there's a uh, a gold vein or something they want to mine out and 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 uh, some of the mineral people get all, all um, like the mineral deity guys get all uppity about it or whatever and and uh, and and start talking about how the gold is sacred or something like that and they don't and want to do it. And what happens if one guy belongs to both? Yeah, and exactly. That's that's the question is is what happens if a guy belongs to both movements? And then that's where you can get some really interesting things happening. Or what if a guy belongs to one movement and his brother belongs to another? Uh, mm-hmm. Then you have a tension um, between. I mean, you basically can just draw a bunch of Venn diagrams and see how kind of weird uh, configurations can lead to things splitting apart and tensions. But also, also peaceful resolutions could be mitigated between the two parties by those two brothers, for instance. So there's there's all kinds of interesting things that can come up uh, just by um, putting more structure on top of things and having those influence people's behaviors uh, and. So 2D nobles are definitely coming back, but we'd like to do it in a way that's not completely hard-coded. We're doing some some experiments now with the goblins uh, to get them to to have their their um, the structure arise out of their their civilization more based on their ethics than on the hard coding. And it's not it's not something where I'm you know I'm promising the world on this. Uh, but it's it's something I'd like to experiment with to see what what we're going to get, and um, so this also this also turned out uh, as far as the timing of you know when are we going to see this kind of thing, uh, people there's there's the return of, return of the guilds or or uh, I don't remember exactly what it's called up in the internal suggestions voting, uh, e- eternal suggest I think I said internal eternal suggestions voting up on the uh, the the suggestions list, and. Uh, it, it, it's, it's doing pretty well. And I said I'd take a look at the top ones there. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for next time. Now by next time I mean the next series of releases because I really hope I never have a release this long again. But, uh, it's, it's gonna be a, you know, over a year. But, uh, um, so, so in the short term we're gonna be looking at this stuff. It's not, it's not like we're gonna, we're gonna, it's just something I'm talking about. Uh, we're, we're gonna look at this along with, uh, the adventure skills stuff and the, uh, 
and they improved sieges, job priorities, um, improved hauling. Uh, I don't remember if improved farming is up there, increased tile support for graphics. There were, there were, whatever things were up there that people wanted, we're going to be looking at. So all these, um, kind of inner fortress politics is really interesting. Is there a way for you to track that or, or explain you know, why things are happening or why dwarves are angry with each other? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously a lot of what happens in the game now doesn't really get significant exposition. And, uh, sometimes you have to sort of plod through their, their thoughts, uh, to even get a hint of what was going on. So, hopefully the, the major events and, that happen can happen, uh, you know, at these, at these sort of activities that I've, uh, that I've been working with the, the past, uh, week or, or couple weeks or whatever it was. Where, you know, you might have, uh, when a group organizes, they could have a meeting and it can announce that. And you'd be like, what, you know, it, it just suddenly says the, uh, the miners guild has been formed and is having a meeting or whatever. And so you're like, oh no. And you go watch what they do. And it, it might be interesting to get the same way that we just did, um, um, uh, combat reports for this version. The, the, how, how when people are fighting, you can just go and read, mm-hmm. uh, what happened as if you were in adventure mode. Uh, it, it might be interesting to, to have the, the conversation engine. This kind of goes back to what Armok was asking originally. It might be interesting for the conversation to be used in meetings so that you can kind of see exactly what people are saying. Um, and, and be able to just, just hear what they're saying or see a recording of their conversations. Uh, I don't think there's any problem with that. Okay. Captain, you wanna? Um, hey, I think we're on to actually like new questions now. Um, well, actually, no. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to yeah, do exactly. some older ones, I can grab some more older ones I've asked. Um, here, here's one. Can souls be applied to inanimate objects and or as part of artifacts? Yeah, so for the current release, the one that's coming up, there aren't going to be uh, souls beyond what I just added for the creatures. Right now, the creatures can hold a number of souls, but in practice, they only hold one. That was to support uh, possessions and so on in the future. But really all, all the soul is in the game is it's got a name, it's got some historical information. The main thing it's got is skills and personality. And the idea behind that kind of separation was to allow them to be put almost anywhere. They could be floating around in some kind of ghost or they could be stuck in an item. Some of the framework's not there for that, but the, the, they were, they were created with that in mind so that if you wanted to have some kind of artifact singing sword that you know, hollered things as you walk down the, 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 the dungeon, uh, corridors and then you could stop and talk to it and ask it if you want to go left or right or whatever and be like, oh, I'm scared. I want to leave or something. Uh, you could do that and, uh, it wouldn't be that hard to set up actually. So, so it's in the, it's in the future, certainly way in the future perhaps, but, uh, but it's the framework is, is, is building up for that. Well, that's really cool. Um, here's another one from, uh, Kilo. 24 that was uh, previously asked the other question as well do you have plans to leave constructed walls unengravable the idea there is that the way that constructions currently work it's it's a bit of a hassle to have something both be a construction and an engraving it's not it's not really a, a, a super large road roadblock but it was just enough of a roadblock for me to be like all right i'm leaving this and then, you know, now that it, it is a little bit of a project to get something like that in, it makes me sit and think, you know, what does it mean to engrave a construction if the construction's like a brick wall or something? Does it mean that you put like a little smiley face on every brick or something? Or does it mean that you kind of remove the top, like, 
inch of the bricks and engrave something in there, or would you want to bring a like a pre-carved panel and sort of insert it into a slot or something? There's a lot of different options, and um, I just haven't moved on that because I haven't really thought about what I what I wanted to do uh, particularly. But I'm not I'm not against it. I don't think there's a huge balance problem or anything allowing it. So uh, we'll probably see something like that sometime. Um, Okay, and one more. I kind of like this one. Uh, one of the arcs is focused on artifacts. What are some examples of quirks that you've thought to apply to them, and will artifacts be able to be created in more ways than a dwarf commandeering a workshop? So we haven't thought that much, that much about what the artifacts are going to do. We've thought about it a little bit, and in fact, they used to have powers, but the powers were pretty simple. Um, it's like one of them might have more storage space than they're normally allowed to, or a weapon might just be better or had change its damage type or something like that. And I mean, it wasn't really that inventive back when we had that system. So it's not, it's not something we've, we've thought that deeply about. We're certainly want to make magic seem magical. That's part of what we want to do. So we don't want to just have a weapon. It just says like, Oh, this is, you know, plus three fire sword or something. Uh, don't want to do any of that. Not that we wouldn't want a weapon that can burn things or something like that, but um, then uh, the other part of the question you have to remind me because I'm having a heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, are you going to allow artifacts? Oh yeah, pay? other ways, other ways to make them. Yeah, so there's a first step that's related to to what we're doing now, which was individual weapon familiarity and a dwarf maybe naming his his weapon, his or her weapon after. Uh, the dwarf kills, you know, a certain number of creatures or a big creature or something. Be like, I call this a dragon slayer or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that's that, in a sense, shares all of the relevant things with artifacts right now because it would be a named object that gets saved in the histories. And that's really all artifacts are right now. They don't. They. I mean, they have better quality, I guess, but they don't have any magical powers right now. And in that way, I think that an artifact shouldn't be restricted to dwarves completely. I think the dwarven artifacts, there should be something special about them. But I also think there should be older objects that are maybe even created during during the beginning of world generation and other things that come up during world generation so that the the world isn't completely devoid of interesting objects when you say if you say want to start with adventure mode or something. But the at the same ring. time Yeah, things like that. I mean the, there's just everything that you've you've read or whatever it says has stuff like this. But um at the same time the things that your dwarves do shouldn't just be drops in a bucket or something like that. It'd be kinda of irritating too. So um uh yeah, I mean it's certain there's a certain balance that needs to be struck probably but but uh we're definitely branching out. All right, I have a question from Arc Delgato. And uh, he says, after jumping is implemented, how will the dwarves in Fortress Mode decide when to jump? And also, if the only way to path it there is to jump, any time it would help or endanger? Yeah, it seems like jumping isn't something you should normally do, right? It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> so this is assuming that, that, that the pathfinding can be made to do this. I've been in in some discussions and so on about how to improve pathfinding and and so on and jumping is one of the issues there um, because it doesn't work that well under the current system but um, the 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 uh, jumping for dwarves it's it seems like that it it shouldn't be something they do in, unless unless they are in danger that would have to be a, a parameter there and uh, 
uh, in adventure mode, I guess it would be something that only happens. I mean, you'd be doing it all the time because adventures are kind of crazy like that. But, uh, uh, so, so creatures that can't access you unless they jump should have to do it too, unless you, uh, or else you'd be able to separate space between them too easily, so they'd have to take risks like that. But I think it'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it, if you're, if you had, um, like some pillars or something in dwarf mode that, that happened to allow you to get to your bedroom if you didn't want to walk down a hallway, but just having the dwarves constantly hopping between them. I mean, it'd be kind of cute or something, but it, it would be, uh, it seems like it would be really dangerous and something the dwarves wouldn't really, I mean, I don't see dwarves being big jumpers. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I, I, did I answer the question? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> How will player-created mod packs and graphical sets be affected by an upcoming major update? Yeah, so we've got... Um, I posted a bit, some of the RAWs online, and if you've looked at those, there are sort of massive changes, especially to creatures. So all of the creature RAWs uh, that you've got, all the mods, um, won't work... Um, in the next version without modification. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to, to do, um, a version like, like, uh, supporting old, old mods, um, because so many things have changed and it, it just wouldn't know what to do. It wouldn't know what you wanted. And, uh, so, so those will have to be updated. Even things like items and plants, anything that you've added will require some updates. Now, there's, there's some instructions in the new, in the new uh, raw files that are provided with the game to tell you what the new tags are and so on, and you can follow the the examples of the creatures, you know, much like people have been doing already, uh, to update. Uh, I don't think it would be an impossible task or even a really hard task to to get them to get mods working again. Graphics mods are basically unchanged. The um, there's a bit that you'll have to do with the creature casts, probably like, um, uh, for instance, we support say, ant-men that have queens, drones, soldiers, workers, if you want to add them in as four different subsets of an ant-man, and so that kind of thing, you'd have to go back and, and support it with graphics, and there might be a, a, a format change there. So uh, pretty much everything will be broken uh, when I release, but it'll all also be, I mean, it'd be pretty easy to fix, too, I think. Good. From uh, Aquazar, um, how large do you think the community is? What kind of feedback tells you? about how widespread your work is and uh, where do you think you're getting the most press these days? Hmm. It's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell uh, how, many, how many people are out there. I mean, you, you can tell from initial downloads. You know, there's some thousands of those. Uh, the forum usually has, what, a couple hundred people on it at any time. Um, and then press-wise, I mean, we get a lot of... It seems like we get a lot of press in Australia. Um and a lot of donations have been coming from there recently, so things are things seem to be going well there. Of course, um, you, uh, we're doing well in Finland, and um, but it's 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 not just there. Um, pretty much every every European country has uh, has representation, um, and uh, but I don't have I don't have any hard numbers. I just have to kind of go by what the breakdown is of of donations and. And, uh, people sending me emails and, and, uh, things that I've seen. I mean, it seems like a lot of people, uh, that play video games or that, uh, sorry, that write video games, uh, have heard about Dwarf Fortress and tried it, even if they don't like it. So I get a lot of, um, people, uh, like that have, uh, sent me emails and so on. Uh, and, um, 
I mean, I know just from what I've seen on our forum that uh, what Warhammer Online, The Sims 3, uh, I know the the, the Valve guys. Um, I don't know. You guys remember any other ones? Those are the three that jump into my head immediately. Those are what jump my head. Weren't like the Sims 3 guy, or the Warhammer Online or Sims 3 guys like there was a video and like one of the guys was playing it in the background? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was the Warhammer guys. I mean, was there even some kind of weird contest like, hey, what game yeah, is this like, or hey, something? Yeah, like, hey, if you know what this game is, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, email us and we'll send you a free T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. So, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 funny to to see that happening and. uh yeah, yeah, but but uh, generally, generally people have uh, people have been supportive um, from the from the computer game industry that that have that have uh, talked to me anyway, um, and uh, yeah, so I think I think uh, now I I really don't know how how widespread it is though. I mean, you, you always get just new people with new new blogs saying that they introduced it to their friends and none of their friends have heard of it. So there's still tons of people that. That might like the game that haven't heard of it at all. Uh, so it's it just it just it's still spreading out. It hasn't reached. It hasn't saturated the 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 possible people that have been interested in it by any means. So uh, it's good to still spread spread the word around. I have a question here from uh, Dorf, and this kind of goes along with the email. Kind of, what is the oddest email you've gotten since the success of Dorf Fortress? Um. Very oddest one. Well, I guess there was the, I mean, there's a person that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to reveal too many, too many details, but basically a person who, uh, had Dwarf Fortress help them realize certain, certain, uh, truths about their existence and basically about how life is meaningless or something and that caused them to convert their religion. Um, oh, and it was it was long and it was a long and serious email. I mean, I don't want to make light of it. I mean, people ask what the oddest email was, and that's that that's that's the hands down winner. Wow. Um, but you know, I you know, I certainly, I mean, the person supports the game and stuff, so I'm not sitting here making fun of anybody. Uh, no. But that's definitely the oddest email that <laughs> that I received, and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> that was kind of cool. That that that, I mean, the game could definitely have an effect on somebody who was who was ready for it. And and, and it, I mean, it kind of comes back to. To this point, like um, people say that that you know uh, there was someone who was, who was criticizing the game because when you have a random content or whatever, because it makes things up or whatever, it it can't it can't contain an artist's vision. But I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate because I think a lot of uh, certain certain things, certain certain cynicisms I have do come across in the game, and I think the person was picking up on that. So certainly, yeah, you can still convey convey things even in a procedurally procedurally generated environment or whatever they call it these days. Right. Well, I have a technical question here. How exactly long, wide, and tall is a tile in, in Dwarf Fortress? Are they cubes? And this is from Lone Wolf. Yeah, I guess the uh, what's the traditional answer is that it's uh, they're not so they're not so big that a dwarf doesn't have to crawl under another dwarf to uh, to get through a corridor, but at the same time, they're big enough to hold uh, a thousand dragons as long as 999 of them are laying down. Uh, I mean, it's not something. I mean, it's it's, it's on the other hand, it's, it's a serious question because because it, so much would ride on giving an answer. That's why I haven't so far. Because <laughs> the second that you give an answer, um, the uh, the game becomes 
constricted and you need things to make more sense. Um, and suddenly everything needs to make sense. And I'm not ready to do that. I think there's something to be said for it. Something to be said for nailing that down. Um, but it would really kind of invite things like multi-tile creatures and stuff that I'm just not ready to do. Right. I mean, there's some, there's some good things about multi-tile creatures. I think they'd be kind of cool. Um, but pathfinding would need to be changed heavily and, uh, there'd be other issues with them. Um, you know, would they be too easy to kill, for example, by hiding off somewhere, uh, that they can't get to and shooting at them or whatever. And so they'd need to be smart enough to avoid situations like that, which might be difficult. And, um, so that, that's kind of the, one of the main problems, the, the large creatures, why I haven't established a, a number yet. This one's from Nagwal678. So why is the Bay 12 Dwarf Worker site still terrible? <laughs> uh, is, he the, is he the same guy that started that, that topic in, uh, in general discussion about the... Yeah, this uh, wasn't actually a post in the thread. I'm just asking his question because <laughs> I think a direct answer from uh, you would be best. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's 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 horrible because I haven't worked on it. Um, <laughs> and I agree. I mean, I agree with him, by the way. Uh, I don't think the Dwarf Fortress site is as bad as the main Bay12Games.com site. I think the Dwarf Fortress site is okay. Um, it could be better, but I think it's okay. I think the Bay12Games.com site looks like it was made by... A junior high kid in 1995 or something though, before there was an internet. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it was made, um, 10 years ago or whatever and, uh, uh, we haven't updated it at all. Uh, there, there had been an offer, someone was gonna update it for me, but we didn't, that didn't work out. And then, uh, I really didn't like the way that went, so someone else offered to update it, and I was like, I don't really feel like doing it or whatever, and, uh, so nothing's happened. Nothing's <laughs> happened with it, and I'm not sure what I want to do with it. I mean, it should definitely be changed. It looks horrible, but, um, it's just not my number one, number one priority. I mean, I looked at, like, every other, like, NetHack and, uh, ADOM, uh, Adam, whatever, Dungeon Crawl, and Ivan, and those sites are all, I mean, just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, 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 um, at the same time, it's, it's, it's fair to, um, to compare us not to, not to other hobbyists, but, you know, to the larger everybody, right? Because we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, compete with everybody, and it could be better. Well, even not looking at other sites, just 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 looking at it as its own uh, as its own creature, <laughs> it's definitely that's a, true. I suppose it is it is ratty. I mean, why do we have all the games listed on the left and then all the games listed at the bottom too, with four links to the forum that all go to the same place? I mean, that question I can answer is because the links to the forum used to go to subsections, right? And now they don't. But when I updated it, of course, I just changed them all to the new forum link without subsections, and so it's. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it's, it's tragicness is actually built up over time then. It's not that it's static, it's that it's worse than static. Um, <laughs> I like the little yellow pointy guy. Well, the, now, see, now going back to the dwarf site, I don't have as many objections about the dwarf site. I mean, some people don't like the fact that it's center justified or whatever. I don't, I don't <laughs> care that much about that. I don't, I mean, I don't know why that bothers people or why everyone wants stuff on the left or what other things 
people have with it. Because, I mean, I don't know what specific... I wasn't reading that carefully. There might have been specific objections in the thread, but a lot of it wasn't specific. But, no, I love the little pointy guy. I don't think Caution Source needs to go anywhere. Um, Caution Source is fine. So, uh, let's see, about a month ago, uh, me and my friend uh, started brewing beer. <laughs> That's so I have here, I know, that's why I saved it. I have a bottle here for my first batch. <laughs> and I just opened it. Yeah. yeah, it was actually really easy to make. Does it have dwarven uh, ingredients in it? Uh, no. Can't oh, tell. Yeah. Can't tell. It's got, it's got Pro- you know. It's proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pouring it right now. <laughs> and there it is. It's carbonated, and it's like fizzing. <laughs> so everything looks cool. It's a uh, porter. It's, it's nice and uh, dark. So, so you're gonna try it now? Is that the idea? Yes, I just had a sip and it's delicious. Well, that's awesome. Does that make you a microbrewer? Uh, yes, it does. So, and Tarn, you're uh, a micro gamer. A micro gamer. Yeah. That's right. A micro gamer. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, Captain, what are you calling your beer? We don't really have a name yet, but it was uh, <laughs> it has to be the process now. itself. I know. <laughs> the process itself. Um, it only costs like 200 bucks to get the stuff you need. You know, it's a big kettle and, you know, ingredients and a bucket and a, like, big glass bottle to put everything in. And, you know, it's just really easy to do. It's like you boil this for half an hour and then you put this in, you stir it, you know. I mean, the hard part's just keeping track of temperature and everything. <laughs> and, then, you know, making sure you wash your hands. <laughs> A little bit undorvenly, but. <laughs> but how long did it have to sit there? Um, it's, it, it, we put it in the bottles. It's been bottled for about three weeks. And <laughs> I guess that's like two or three weeks. So I guess that's the minimum. But then anything after that is like bonus aging, you know, concentrated deliciousness. But it was still good now, just, just the sip oh, that you really took down. That's right, so Bonus is going to send you up to the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay, so this like... this brings me to a, to a question, Tarn. Do you drink? Do I drink? I don't have anything against drinking. I just didn't, haven't had an occasion to drink for a while. Um, I used to, used to drink more in grad school when there were parties and stuff. <laughs> uh, that didn't always turn out well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't know if I can go into any of that. So are we going to have uh, dwarven drunkenness, I guess? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to have that. Now, I don't know how, quite how that's going to work in the game when you have, they, they pretty much have to have alcohol all the time. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to be drunk all the time. <laughs> so there's, there's certain, there might be differences in, in physiology with the dwarf where they only get drunk when they're seriously drinking or something, <laughs> like if they're at a party, when they're party. Effort into it. yeah, yeah, when when they're like doubling up at a party or something and 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 having several drinks instead of just one to get through the day, 
Whereas with the humans, I mean, the humans, I, I try to model, model as closely as possible, uh, uh, real life, um, rather than, uh, than doing whatever weird, weird system is going to happen with the dwarves. And then, uh, with, with the other ones, we haven't thought about so much. I mean, what happens when a, when an elf drinks, you know? <laughs> I, I, I think that elves are going to be like, have more vodka-esque things. More like, <laughs> Wine spritzers. Yes. Oh yeah, that's true. Of course, they just drink blood anyway. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they have no qualms with just like, you know, biting some guy's neck off and drinking yeah. it. Yeah, that's called uncorking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I mean, there's it's a lot of interesting questions like that. That 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 when you when it comes, I mean, it happens anytime we have we have a new mechanic that's related to one of the. One of the main creatures we have to go through and ask ourselves, you know, five different times, what does it do? And we aren't we aren't even interested in really in, in building up our stock universe, but we we figure we have five different groups that are. I mean, they're not they're not incredibly diverse. They're somewhat diverse. And then as we start adding in things like ant men, like like all the all the animal peoples are starting to get their own civilizations now. Um, yeah, I've noticed that. In in yeah, and, like. Yeah, especially in this version that's coming up, they're actually going to have them, you know. It's like, because back in 2D, you had Batman riding giant bats, and they had uh, blowguns made out of, like, cave spider legs that they shot cave spider chitin or whatever it's called, darts through that were poisoned with cave spider venom and so on. So they had a civilization up to the point where they were building up, um, building objects. And they'll have that again, uh, for the next release. And then that leads to the question, you know, what are the ethics of a of a of a Batman? I mean, we know Batman a lot about swallow. Yeah. yeah, we know a lot about Batman's <laughs> ethics, I guess, from reading comic books and stuff. But the uh, the then there's Ant Man. What are their ethics? What are the ethics of of lizard lizard men? And are they all the same? And so on. I mean, we have all these 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 non-inventive animal peoples races, but it should allow us to explore some new ground anyway. And um, you know, especially in terms of uh, like geographic uh, determinism, in terms of the different environments they have, uh, should should change their civilizations a lot. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's so so it's going to be interesting to go through. I mean, I don't know what happens when a lizard man starts drinking. <laughs> Is it going to be possible for um, for us to get civilizations like goblin civilizations that go in unexpected directions? Like maybe they get a leader somehow from an elven. Civilization who enforces their beliefs on the goblins or some. Yeah, I, I only put in like little little teeny baby steps in that direction back when I set up those ethics. Mm -hmm. uh, looking in that direction, I made it so that the ethics sit inside the civilization so that they're mutable. It doesn't just look at the definition that you put in the raw files, but but within each civilization, they're they're mutable. And but they don't actually change yet, right? So right. so that but that kind of thing um, is what will allow uh, certain uh, individuals and and even sub movements. I mean, this is the kind of thing where where say in in dwarf mode, if you have like a philosophical movement spring up and enough of your dwarves adhere to it, it should start changing the actual fortress um, civilization in terms of how it thinks. And uh, and whether that's happening because the actual uh, fortress ethics are changing, or just because 
a majority of the people follow the ethics of this movement. Um, I mean, it's kind of one leads to the other, uh, or it should anyway. Um, and uh, I mean, so 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 we're, we're we're thinking about those things. We're definitely not um, ignoring that kind of stuff, but. It's just a matter of of getting it <laughs> getting it done, <laughs> and that that always takes a long time. Okay, I have a question from Zanaris. Um, having read your future section of the old Slaves to Mock site, where you mention orcs along with the dwarves, I was wondering why they didn't make it into the game. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't I don't know if any of you have, have played Armok One. Because we had we had a number of stock creatures, and I don't remember if orcs were one of them or if we called them goblins. I really don't remember. Um, I mean, to me, those terms are basically interchangeable. One is more Tolkien, and one is um, much more older. General. Yeah, yeah. Goblin is an old, old word, and orc I think is an invention of Tolkien. So we just went with goblin for that reason. Um, and uh, because we didn't want to cleave, I mean, even though the game obviously has, is, is related to Tolkien heavily, um, uh, we just we didn't want to cleave ourselves too closely with it uh, in terms of terminology because we're always going to be moving away uh, from that stuff just because we're we're adding more and more things. So um, you know, I don't think of I don't think as orcs of orcs as something that n- needs to be added with goblins. Goblins can be thought of as orcs or whatever to the extent that that comparison makes sense. And uh, people have already modded in orcs for their orc mod, although I guess those are more like evil monsters that can kill you or something easily. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how big they are, and uh, they certainly seem to be more powerful than a than a Tolkien goblin. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just kind of been wandering. I don't actually remember if I've answered the question or not. I think that worked pretty good. I have a question from Strife26 that says, with the work on bodies and stuff, will modding in completely unreasonable creatures still work? And his example is, could my civilization made entirely of fuzz, whose only organ are a pair of eyes, function? Uh, well, Tribbles. yeah, I mean, well, function in dwarf mode, I mean, they, they'd already have trouble if they didn't have hands and stuff. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But no, there's no there's no requirement in a creature that says it needs to have like a circulatory system or or nerves or anything like that. If 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 a creature doesn't have those things, then they uh, they they function as if they have them all the time. It just assumes that it works, and uh, that's how. For instance, the only the only creature I know that it's like that right now is the. Um, the, the fluffy wombler, um, and uh, they, because uh, they're just made out of um, fluff, and uh, then under the fluff there's pudge. Pudge. That's right. You have <laughs> fluff and pudge. And I think their eyes are made out of some kind of eye material or something because they have little eyes. But they've got fluff and pudge. And uh, so they don't have nerves or blood or... Or anything like that, and and they should work fine. So the game the game doesn't try and impose real world constraints on things unless you tell it to. Like if you say this creature has blood, this is the material I want to use, then the game's like, well, if it doesn't have this material, it's going to die. Mm. Um, like if you and it will bleed out this material or whatever. And uh, 
and and that's that so so it imposes those constraints but i think it, it's mostly reasonable about that stuff and of course there are going to be bugs and people should tell me about those but that's the intention right captain oh uh, i don't really have any more questions but um what sort of books do you read Tony? books books yeah books. i mean i yeah i've, I've uh the 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 last book I finished was uh, the Water Margin uh, or Outlaws of the Marsh or whatever you want to call it. There have been a bunch of names for it because it's translated from uh, Chinese, but it's it's one of the the big the big I guess there are four main Chinese classics like Romance of the Three Kingdoms and stuff. And I had just finished Romance of the Three Kingdoms before that, so I wanted to move on and read another another one of those while I was still. Uh, able to sort out the names and stuff because <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard to read because uh, there's so many I mean there there uh, there are 108 uh, good guys in that book or whatever <laughs> they're not good guys but they're uh, they're the protagonists and um, and there there's also a cast of other characters as well and it's, it's difficult to read it's like 2,000 pages long but um, wanted to read that for for inspiration for for um, adventure mode and stuff and it was fun it was a good book uh and um yeah so so it's like i but mostly i don't i haven't read a lot recently i mean mostly if i if i want to know something about something i just go online um <laughs> and i don't end up reading a lot of novels and nonfiction anymore that isn't just articles and stuff uh mm-hmm. but um i mean i read a lot but it's all on the computer and uh so yeah but but whenever someone rec- recommends a novel I usually end up getting it and then sort of fiending through it for like, you know, how many hours it takes to finish it. And then, uh, so, so it's, it's like, it's like I want to read, I guess, but I don't, I don't actually end up reading. I mean, I want to read physical books, but I don't actually end up doing it a lot. Uh, I have a question from Round Edge. Um, <laughs> yeah, is Porsche Square, I suppose, but. <laughs> When starting a game, what is your software architecture approach? How do you keep your code organized with such an enormous project which appears to develop rather organically? Huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that's developed over time, so it's, I guess it's a million little habits. But I always, you know, have a, have a, have a idea of what I want to do. You need to have a, a vision, uh, design. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, people are going to disagree with me a lot on this kind of thing because there there are sort of professional approaches now to this kind of thing, and I don't really follow any of them as far as I know, unless it's by accident, uh, just because I'm not studied. But but in, in general, I mean, I don't. I mean, so you don't need a need a design document per se or whatever they call them, white papers and things. But it's it's definitely good to have a if you if you have a strong idea of what what you want your game to do and you've got a lot of the details down, then it will start to organize itself a bit better. Um, and and a lot of it, you just need practical experience writing projects and failing to complete them <laughs> to know what what pitfalls you can fall into because there are hundreds of them. I mean, I've practically fallen into one now for this release, right? I mean, I've, I'm way behind, um, and I certainly bit off more than I could chew, more than I could chew easily. I mean, I can get through it, and I'm not going to lose the project. But I, I probably would have lost, lost the project if I were, if I were um, had less experience, uh, because you 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 can you can tend to flounder when you have a when you don't have a clear objectives uh, that that are that are small <laughs> that you can do. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's just 
write things down in advance, uh, keep your thoughts organized and, um, write a lot of games. I mean, if you, if you want to write a, write a lot of projects, you can, you can, you, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out a system that works for you. I mean, the, the documents that I have online, like the wrecks and bloats and things, I wouldn't look too hard at those because I don't use them that much anymore. I mean, they, mm. they keep some of my older thoughts, but, um, and they're sort of organized into categories and so on, but, um, I mean, I've been working on, on say squad stuff for two months so far and, uh, wrecks and things have hardly come up. It's like there are a few of them that are going to get checked off, but that's kind of an accident uh, compared to <laughs> just getting done what I wanted to get done. So it's it's more important to have a vision of what you want to do and and stick to it. Keep in mind what what you want your project to to feel like and what you want it to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're. I mean, I'd, I'd probably be better off answering more specific questions about this kind of thing uh, than. Well, do you do you use a lot of comments? I mean, so if someone who knew how to program were to look at your code, could they figure out what's going on? Well, they can. I mean, I guess I guess the people who have looked at a lot of the code now uh, for the uh, the graphics thing would be better off answering that question than me. But uh, I, I I don't use a huge amount of comments. Like like some people put a comment after every single line, and that's kind of self defeating for me. I, I leave enough comments that I can come back in six months and know what I've done. Um, I also use, I mean, I, I don't use perfect variable names, but I use pretty good variable names. I remember reading some forums somewhere people were like, well, he probably just names his, his variables A, B, C, D, and, and foo, fa, foo, blom, 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 or something, but like, like he's an idiot or something. But, uh, they have names, I mean, you, you give things meaningful names and you need fewer comments, right? right. I, mean, I can, I can pretty much read through my code, right? It, it, it reads pretty, pretty straightforward to me. Um, because uh, things have sensible names, and I'll put comments telling me, you know, and there, there there are things like that that come up, like like for the things like Rex and bloats, I'll leave I'll leave um, uh, tags, comment tags that say like Rec one twenty two uh, throughout my code, so that when I get to Rec twenty one twenty two, I can search for it and locate the places where it's relevant. Um, and like I was saying, that the whole game isn't organized in Rex and bloats. But they do come up, and when they come up, I'm I'm, I'm pretty prepared to to put them in. Uh, and um, so th- there are things like that that come up, and uh, other little habits that you just start to pick up. Um, Let me check the thread and see if anyone has anything really cool to say. <laughs> uh, randomly click page five. Is magnetite armor? Wait, no, this is something <laughs> Rain Seeker asked. <laughs> You can ask it. Go ahead. Okay. Rainseeker asks, is magnetite armor going to be picking up silverware in the dining room? Hold on, because silver is Silver is not, yeah, I was wondering about that. So what are you, what well, are you doing, Rainseeker? Well, if, <laughs> if, if, if it's silver plated and it has an iron core, it would still work, right? I don't yeah. know much about nothing. Silverware, okay. everyone knows silverware isn't really silver. <laughs> so okay. is it going to, is the mag, mag, <laughs> is the magnet, magnetite armor going to be picking up stuff? Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it, it's basically like magic, right? It's like you've got a <laughs> you've got a material that can attract certain classes of other materials, and um, it would it's one of those things where you wonder how you're ever going to code stuff like that, even with magic, because it's like you have to check 
all the time, you know, whether or not something like this is happening. And then you have to throw in specific shortcuts and flags and things to make sure it isn't actually checking all the time. So, (laughs) so the more general and vague a system is, and we're planning to make magic very general and vague, the more you have to kind of scratch your head and wonder how you're ever going to get it to work. And I mean, I think there's quite a, quite a bit of hope for it, but. Um, I haven't thought about the specifics that well yet, so I can't promise you that you're going to have magnetite that does weird things <laughs> when you walk into a room and all the silverware sticks to you and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said this is going to happen during the restaurant arc, but and somebody said, well, there's not going to be any restaurant arc, and I said, yes, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, this is disappointing. We need restaurants. It'd be cool to have those inns, though. People talk about it all the time, and I, I like, sure. I like the idea of having inns and stuff, and being able to create one either in your fortress. Although, I, I mean, dwarves never really spuck, struck me as that hospitable, at least when it came to their own, their own place. But, um, you know, I'm not against the idea. And then, uh, with, uh, with adventure mode and stuff, I mean, you could create your own little inn. Uh, you know, it would be cool to see have traffic coming through your site. You know, if you have roads going up, have like elves and human adventurers coming through, and yeah, I mean that's that's people. that's one of the things I'm I'm waiting for. I mean, I'm always sitting here waiting for the game to take off in that kind of way. It's like it's never it's not quite there yet. Where there's people all over the world and in it in adventure mode, you can wander and talk to them, but they never go any place. And when you're in dwarf mode, of course, they never come to see you unless they're leading an army to kill you or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it, I mean, it'd be cool to have people drop by and and come and talk to you about things and and hang yeah. out and and tourists. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, people want to come see what the dwarves are doing. Sure. See how short they are and stuff. It'd be cool. <laughs> and have a, have a class visit with a bunch of kids. <laughs> Teacher. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be horrible in some of those wildernesses, <laughs> having a little, little string of human children walking toward your fortress through all the skeletal hippos and skeletal giant eagles and stuff coming down to snatch them up and carry them off to their nest to feed their little skeletal eaglets. I'm sorry, but people are going to start demanding that now. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. People, people yeah, ask for a lot of stuff. There's going to be like two threads about it. Suggestions for them. That's right. Field trips. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's a question from I'm Sparks. Is there going to be an arena room at any point where you can organize fights and make the dwarves get a happy thought for watching or winning? Yeah, I, I like I like arenas are 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 they're 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 definitely up on development. Zach wrote a whole story, Passion in the Arena, I believe it was called. And, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so the, I mean, we're, we're all four arenas now. As for dwarves, um, yeah, I haven't really thought about whether or not how, how into, into blood sports and things dwarves would be. They obviously don't mind bloody justice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's those kinds of questions where I don't, I mean, in a sense, I don't like answering them for the player and forcing them to do things like, like where uh, there's this discussion about poison weapons where, you know, should you be able to poison your weapons? And, you know, it's really not a dwarven thing, you know, pretty much from any, any perspective you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it'd be cool to allow that kind of thing with certain penalties. So, you know, whatever we say for dwarves, once the humans have arenas, the dwarves will then potentially be able to have arenas just like humans have religions and dwarves can potentially have them. Um, and then the, the the question is just kind of 
uh, what what sort of restrictions there'd be or whatever. But uh, I, you know, I'm I'm for it, and I think arenas are are very important in uh, in fantasy and stuff. I mean, they certainly give you something to do uh, if you're an adventurer or whatever, and you're just bored out of your mind and want to die. Uh, <laughs> Then you can do that without having to kill a village or something. There you go. <laughs> I think that it'd be kind of fun to talk about where you see the long distance goal of Dwarf Fortress. I know you've kind of talked about this in some of the other interviews, but let's talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we want to, we want to have a game. I mean, it's, it's completely far flung, but you need to have some kind of goal. Uh, we want to have a game where you could basically start up the game. And it makes a world that's, you know, essentially some kind of novel, uh, meaning new, not a book, but it might as well say book too, um, uh, set up with things that, you know, the, that you haven't seen, um, before and, you know, all kinds of different historical stuff about how everyone's doing this and that and it's got creatures and, 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 uh, magical things going on and everything that's that's really compelling and then you can just insert yourself into that um into into some role you know whether or not it's a dwarf fortress or a or a uh or an adventurer of some kind or something else right some other settlement or an entire civilization or some kind of deity or a big monster or something you can assume <laughs> some role in there mess around for a while and then go assume some other role and have it have it advance the world along with you as you do things, react to the things you do, and um, you know everything that that you do can have real consequences that have the the plot move forward and so on. It's like if someone dies, there's an actual vacuum that can be film, filled by other things, and so on. Um, and we're we're slowly working toward that and can kind of see how it can work. It's not a unachievable goal. It's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a lot of work. And, um, you know, just, just piece by piece working toward that, that, uh, that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. And that's all up on that dev future or whatever it's called where, <laughs> where it's post version one. <laughs> like version <laughs> one is in 16 years and then after that. <laughs> right, your grandchildren will be programming for you. Yeah, yeah, I can, can have a little sweatshop here where we, we all work on Dwarf <laughs> Fortress together. And, uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, it's, 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 um, and, and some of those things, I don't know if they'll be slipped in earlier. I mean, you can already mod in yourself playing a dragon or whatever, so it's not like it's, it's not like it's impossible to do already. And, um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, ideally, this is, you know, ideally means ideally, you'd be able to play anything, any, any, um, creature or group. Like right now, you can play the Dwarf Fortress Civilization site entity of a fortress, or you can play a adventurer that is, you know, from uh, say three different races, uh, and it's that's pretty restrictive. But there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to play the the whole civilization of the dwarves, and that's actually one of the goals that that's pre-version one right is being able to get up to that level where you have a have have the king or queen and you can make decisions that that are broader uh over a series of settlements and be able to send your armies and diplomats and things around and um once you've got that then if you want to expand to something like elf settlements or something you just want to make sure the game isn't too uh 
to uh, Dwarven when you play the Elves, right? Because right now that everything would be restricted by um, in the same way that the Dwarves are restricted. But I think by adding some of the mod support that I've been putting in, it, it actually won't be a, won't be um, super hard. It'll just be very hard to to extend it because um, some of those things are already being accounted for. Uh, some of the differences, but um, uh, it's it's uh, so that th- that's 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 the really general long term goal. I mean, every every subset, uh, every every type of feature in the game has you know more detailed or less detailed visions as well, or whatever. It's like how we want it to work. Um, my brother and I, uh, and we're just going to keep working on it. <laughs> and uh arrive at some some point, you know, by the time we're done when we're ready to keel over or whatever and uh something something'll be there, something pretty good by that time. <laughs> I mean, uh, after that, like after I after I say that kind of broad vision, really the only things I can talk about after that are are whatever specifics people are curious about at that point, I think. It's like I know a lot of people make like comparisons to Spore and how like oh Spore you'd be able to do everything and then but I mean and then everyone's like well Dwarf Fortress is better because you can actually see that he's working towards this and uh, I kind of agree that everything Toadie's doing is uh, a lot more I mean I guess um, genuine than what Spore kind of did where they promised all this stuff and kind of didn't actually have any of it. Yeah, I'm, I, I like making creatures. It's kind of fun for a little while. <laughs> like, just, just like, putting on the parts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I played the game, and I, like, beat it, but, you know, it took five yeah. hours, and then I was completely done with everything <laughs> the game had to offer. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, the space mode is actually pretty fun, um, but it uh, the first, like, four modes are... Basically tutorials, space mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's. Uh, I mean, I guess I wasn't gun ho about about it, so I didn't feel that disappointed. But it was it was kind of tragic in a way how <laughs> how it turned out. Um, I know a lot of people enjoy it though, so I mean, some people on our forums enjoy it, uh, and it just it just kind of depends on what you're in for, I guess. I mean, if you were looking for a Dwarf Fortress uh, 1.0 or 2.0, um, which is kind of the the thing that was coming across from the press presentations or whatever, where they're like, you know, it's going to be like Master of Orion 2 when you get to space mode. And it's like, it wasn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, you had like one ship and you could fly around. Yeah. And you had to do everything on your own. You couldn't organize anything. Yeah, it was a different, different, different kind of, different kind of thing. Uh and you know, I don't I felt great to the the fear that people wouldn't aren't smart enough to play that kind of game. I think they just yeah. simplified and simplified. Yeah, well, it got really extreme in the creature mode. I mean, it was like playing a one sequence version of Simon Says or something, or or a version <laughs> of Whack a Mole where there's no timing uh, to be worried about. You know that it's going to come up in a second. You have ten seconds to hit it or something. Yeah. Feel really bad for the mole at that point. It's just like. <laughs> Pops up. It's like, hi, hit me. <laughs> All right, bam. All right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just just strange. But I guess I mean, it's something. It's something anyway. Uh, you can make critters and they can they can run around and stuff. 
make little spaceships and buildings and stuff. It was alright in that way. Um. <laughs> yep. Here's more of a specific question: Is is magic in the uh, in the dwarf fortress? What are you, what are you planning on doing? Are you planning on letting people like fly with it, or um, you know, create trees or growth things more quickly, or maybe create um, you know gems in the side of a of a mountain, generate your own kind of stuff? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say because you, you want you want there's there's a, the kind of thing I was saying about you know you want magic to feel magical in a way, and mm-hmm. If it starts to become this thing where you have like, these are my magic rune master dwarves, and they get a series of powers, and I use the powers to make mining easier, and I use the powers to, to you know make wood or something, then it's like it's 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 kind of industrial or something, and it's not, it doesn't feel like fantasy world sort of i mean i guess it might but it sort of feels more sort of like a sci-fi thing in the way kind of like how it's um, become kind of a technological thing that's used that way rather than something that that has you know hidden consequences and stuff like that or whatever something that seems seems somehow intangible or or something but i'm not i mean i know people have really really varied feelings about magic right it's one of those things where um i've avoided the controversy because I haven't started it yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like I, I know people are going to want to do all kinds of things, and they want their they want their dwarves to be more magical in a sense. And uh, some people don't want any magic with their dwarves at all, and other people don't want any magic. Period. And you know, we're just going to go with our own original thing there for the stock universe, and then. Uh, whatever support ends up being possible, we can start to kind of put in for, for people that want to do something that's more, um, more kind of standardized magical for the dwarves. I mean, our own idea is pretty much to restrict uh, dwarven magic to artifacts, uh, mm-hmm. and to have the artifacts do, be magical in ways that you don't really know at first, mm-hmm. and that you might have to discover over time. Uh, as you as you mess with them um, now it's there's a problem with that in the sense that your your control is so indirect that it's <laughs> it's a little difficult to get at things like that it's not like you're you you can be an adventurer and just kind of like mess around with stuff or whatever directly so um, it's not i mean the, the the reason that the the vision on that is a bit unformed is because we we aren't there yet and we haven't we haven't Really thought about the specifics. I can just see it now. A dwarf is putting up, you know, he's, he's erecting his, his door artifact. And the door actually transports people across the map, which is <laughs> really bad because it's in your front entrance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things, right? You could have a, you could have, um, you know, um, a cabinet when the, you, you put something into it and take it out and it becomes an improved item or, and you, you might notice that when the guy's doing that with his with his clothes, but you wouldn't really notice because who has time to go like V enter on all of the dude's clothes or whatever, right? So <laughs> it should be something that's that's kind of more along those lines of those advisor things we were talking about, where you know the the dwarf has something to say to you. It's like that, the guy I mentioned having conversations with his dwarves or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the dwarf should be like, hey, I just took my uh, shirt out of my cabinet and now it's gold studded. 
and that's pretty cool, and I think I should tell you about that. Uh, and it, you know, it should be a huge thing that the guy can tell you instead of something you'd have to kind of piss around with. And in that way, magic can kind of remain magical. Um, and, and, you know, it, 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 and it doesn't always have to be little things like that. There could be larger effects that, that are related to it or, you know, if some guy makes a fell mood object or whatever, and then all of a sudden all the dead bodies in your fortress start to rise up and you have to try and, dump the thing down to a chasm before uh, <laughs> you all get eaten alive or something. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's options. Very that, shocking. Yeah, yeah. Well, it should be kind of shocking. It's supposed to be magical. <laughs> you know, and so I mean, I'm hoping that that's how it works. I'm hoping that, that you know, magic would be introduced through artifacts like that and also through uh, through the kind of demons and 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 other adversaries that are unique um and rare and then you you'd kind of get this you know this this thing where weird things happen or or you know the the whole sun is blotted out and the the plants start to die or whatever uh, um and things get colder or whatever and 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 uh you know that could happen and then you'd have to figure out why it's happened it doesn't tell you and uh you know there's all kinds of things that 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 uh that it can do and then the issue becomes like, well, the other mode of the game is adventure mode. And, you know, a lot of people probably look forward to being able to play a spellcaster or whatever, right? And it's like, the, the, the thing I've just outlined doesn't really fit very well with the notion of, of leveled spells and, and, you know, treating it like that or whatever, where you, you work at it for long enough and then you can do fireball or whatever. <laughs> it's right. like, and, and, uh, I mean, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's not a, it's not as if that's a wholly unwholesome way of thinking and, and it shouldn't be supportable. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible to have, have everything work out, um, either way. With parameters, you know, because um, yeah. it's could not have it be more story based as people get their powers more in a story based way. Yeah, I mean things. Are, I mean, uh, thinking of things like the the deals witches make and stuff like that, and other 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 ways where people source their magic or how they got it, and they get it from the the fairies or blah 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 stuff like that. And it's like uh, then you just need to have a starting scenario set up and. You know, is it possible to make your magic still feel magical, even though you're the one that knows how to do it? Um, you know, and and then it, well, I mean that it comes up. Then you know, how well do you know how to do it? How well do you even understand the things that you're doing or whatever? And uh, I mean, I think there are a lot of interesting questions there that that you can explore uh, in this type of setup that that have really only been explored probably before in in a kind of plot setup where you know you might have had had magic seem magical but it was going through a a game on rails or you have magic that doesn't seem particularly magical but it can be randomized or whatever but it's still just kind of like you know book one book two book three or or whatever um and uh i'm not sure what i'm going to be able to do it'd be interesting to to give it a shot i mean i've i've uh, magic is kind of officially post version one material but the artifact arc is pre version one material right so it's it's uh those those are going to kind of have a little tug of war i think <laughs> um when we get when we get to the to working on artifacts to see 
how much magic actually makes it into version one. Do you think you need plans to make your um, make the dwarves have the ability to to more easily discover minerals and uh, gems and such? Yeah, there's that. There's that. I mean, there was originally, and I, I don't. I mean, this could have even made it up on on the dev pages. I don't really remember. There's this um, idea for 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 people doing surveyors and stuff like that, and then there's geologists. Yeah, geologists. Geomancers. Yeah, yeah. That whole that whole branch, right? Of 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 of, of suggestions that are either like purely magic based or purely science based or whatever or anywhere in between, and then, um, you know. I'm still, like, I'm not sure what I want to do with that. It's like, because it seems kind of like a cop-out, and in a way, or something kind of weird, but what problem does it point to? I guess the problem it points to is that people are just having trouble finding stuff, right, or something? Mm-hmm. And if that's the problem, then maybe more the issue is that the um, just the mineral layout, I mean, if you've seen a uh, an unhidden screenshot, you've seen that the mineral layout is kind of, astacular right it's like these little ovals or whatever and and these restricted veins that run all in in one z layer or whatever and i think i mean improving the mineral layout could go a long way to to alleviating uh, some percentage of the concerns there i think the other concerns are people that want to know where features are in advance like features like big open areas and so on, so that they can design their fortress without um, hitting those places. And that's another thing that I'm like ambivalent about, because I know that, that some people are really um, into having a place that looks exactly how they want. And then there's the whole idea of a, of a game being about adapting to your circumstances. So... Um, Again, it's it's like it's like a completely ambivalent thing there, where you'd you'd really want to set that down almost to world generation parameters or something, um, so that people can can have their cake and eat it too. And I, I, the reason I haven't really moved that quickly on these kind of suggestions is I, I'd like to find a a way to do it that that is that is that is the best, uh, that kind of uh, addresses all the concerns and can make uh, everybody happy without really compromising what the game feels like. Um, and I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I just haven't haven't uh, really hit upon the best way yet. Great. Well, Captain, you want to ask anything else? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I need to... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm tired too. I'm, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> do you have any questions, Tarn? Uh, yeah, what questions I, what, what questions do I have? Um, um, yeah, what question would you ask the community? Well, I mean, we've, we 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 kind of we had that we had that thread that we started up asking, you know, what people what what uh what turned people off. And I think, I mean, aside from, you know, that the thread gets a little nasty sometimes, not 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 to us, but just people yelling at each other and stuff, but but <laughs> we we got a lot out of that thread. And I think that was the main thing we wanted to ask because uh when you uh when you when you know what's what's wrong with the game, you can you can fix it, uh, and uh, we kind of had an idea, right? So so uh, I think I mean the main thing we kind of got out of that is uh, some kind of tutorials or something are the best and uh, best thing to do. Although we don't quite remember what the exact breakdown was of the responses, but the um, and also there were a lot of specific interface suggestions, of course, that are all all good. And uh, I mean the other main thing that we ask is the People go and and vote on the inter- internal suggestions and stuff, so we can get a a, a layout a, a layout of what people 
like. I mean, I don't know if I have any specific specific are, questions. Are votes on that? Are votes on that cleared like automatically when stuff is taken care of? Uh, no, but we haven't really had a release for a year, so we don't really know what happens <laughs> when when something's taken care of. It's like it's well, I'm like waiting for it. Yeah, I mean, we're we're uh, when we release it, we're probably gonna clear um, a lot of votes. And also highly publicize the fact that people should go back and check things out, because uh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna at that point, I'm gonna kind of take note of what the top ones were, and uh, and like I was saying, kind of look at the top ten, but look at everything, you know, just see see what the breakdown is, and um, start structuring the next releases based in part on that. I mean. There was nothing up there. I mean, people were wondering a bit about, you know, how much that compromises the vision of the game or whatever. There was nothing up there in the top ten that's really that controversial, right? Uh, it was it was pretty solid. All all everything up there. I mean, a lot of it was was pretty like you know job priorities, hauling, improved pathfinding, and stuff. There's I mean, there's there's a there's a huge kind of uh, um, pragmatic streak in the community when it comes to voting, oh, yeah. uh, and I think that's I think a lot of that just comes from how frustrating the game can be right now. So it's not like it's a bad thing, but I mean, I'm hoping like, that when I address a lot of those things, that the the voting will start to become uh, kind of more interesting in that sense. Uh, so I can see what what directions people really want to go. Like once the game's not broken. Yeah, I can't wait to get some wheelbarrows going or some you know, <laughs> donkeys that haul my rocks for me or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's such a pain right now. I can see why that one's number one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, Captain, are we ready to close? Uh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess people should should let us know um, what what they want us to do with this thing. That's something we need to ask, right? It's like we've got this uh, we got this first one recorded, and um, we're gonna put it together. And you know, hopefully, people people like uh, having something like this every every month or so. And um, yeah. So so. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it went well. If we sounded a little um, under the weather, that's because that's exactly what we are, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it is, we'll be much better next time. It is really hot. <laughs> right. It's like now, a- well, what I want to ask the community is, um, if you guys, we're gonna, I think we're gonna, if it's okay with you, Tarn, to create a new um, pod, uh, call podcast uh, forum for questions. Um, just because it's it's difficult for us who are asking questions to wade through a you know a forty page thread, so um, we'll create a new one. Uh, we'll backlog this old one, and um, next time, I mean, if you guys um, what you guys liked about this and what you guys didn't would be fine to share. Just don't be too cruel, okay? You're <laughs> sensitive. Yeah, well, I'm half dead. That's my problem right now. Drooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been trying. It's been trying, but, yeah, this weather's supposed to be gone tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. But, uh, yeah, so cool. Yeah, no, I think this went well. I think this went well. So, um... Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Great. Well, everybody in Never Never Land... Uh, See you next month. See you next month. (laughs) See you next month. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.